Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. I remember those days when I'd come home and our kids were little and it would hit me, man, we are busy. (laughs) We have kids everywhere and so much going on. And the truth is, uh, I have to be intentional as a dad, but I also have to be really intentional about my marriage and romance in my marriage. I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin. They run our marriage department here at Focus. And Erin, you counsel a lot of couples. You work with a lot of younger couples with small kids. And I'm sure that it's not uncommon where they're asking you, so Erin, we've kind of lost the romance. What do we do? Yeah, I hear that all the time that we're exhausted and I've got these little people pulling on me. I can't even go to the bathroom alone. It's exhausting. (laughs) You know, as you say that, I remember my wife, I came home one night and she said, so I'm in the bathroom. The door is locked and there are little fingers Mm -hmm. reaching underneath the door. I remember those days. Now they're Greg's fingers, but... (laughs) (laughs) They're not so little. They can't get away. I mean, what do you do in those circumstances? You know, it was interesting yesterday, Annie, our 13-year-old and I were out in a walk and this woman pushed her baby stroller by me and she had the dog on the leash and I looked at her and I said, you're my hero because she's doing, she's, she's getting out, she's doing what she needs to do to refuel, but she's got the baby and the dog. And I'm like, wow, come to find out I got home and she's our neighbor neighbor across the street. And she goes, Oh, that's you. And I said, yes. (laughs) And I told her, I said, Hey, let me know if there's anything I can ever do to help you. She has a baby named Aaron. So of course, special affinity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll do anything she needs. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) So it really is. It's an exhausting time, but I love what you said, that word intentional, intentional about so much about connection with my spouse, but also intentionally taking care of me. Uh, Those are two really good points. And I think we might hear echoes of that as we listen now to a conversation that Jim Daly had with Arlene Pelican. She offered some helpful ideas for busy couples in her book, 31 Days to a Happy Husband. Hey, let me ask you from the beginning, Arlene, you're talking about, and some people will jump right to the critical spirit and Mm -hmm. say, okay, it's not about happiness, it's about joy. You're saying 31 days to a happy husband. Let's just get that one out of the way. What do you mean by 31 days to a joyous husband, I am all (laughs) for it. That is fine. I mean, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, because you know if if you see a person and they're glum, they're sour, they're complaining, that's not what we're talking about. So we're talking about how can you have a husband who's optimistic, who loves life, who is enjoying his life, who's content, who's enjoying being a husband and how can we help our husbands be those kind of people and you're right things get busy you're paying the bills you're working on your career maybe two of you are in the career and you're working on the home and all those kinds of things it can be very distracting from the lovey-dovey stuff you used to feel (laughs) things can get pragmatic very quickly (laughs) well and that's why so often in marriage we may be aiming for the wrong thing Mm -hmm. which is purely happiness because sometimes the mundane things of life That is life, isn't it? Yes, it it is. It is. Life is not, you know, oh, let's have dinner tonight and let's go to a show afterwards and let's rekindle the romance by overlooking a park that's beautiful. You know, that's the sometimes. And we need that. We need those I can hardly waits in marriage so that there are things to look forward to. But a lot of marriage is mundane. So it is bringing those things that, you know, it could be as small as the five to 30 second kiss every day. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, which is really when I go and I speak to ladies and I tell them, 
go home and just kiss your husband for five to 30 seconds per day. This was advice that Dr. Cliff and Joyce Penner gave me when I was interviewing people from the book. And you would not believe, you know, everyone laughs because they say, how are we going to kiss my husband? Because he's going to think that is the go signal. And I don't want him (laughs) to think that. So I'm not going to do it. So I tell you, ladies, to have a conversation with your husband that says, you know, I was listening to this Focus on the Family broadcast. I want to kiss more often. But every time we kiss, it is not the go signal. I will make it very clear when it's the go signal. But it just means I want to be closer to you. And the truth is, you know, when you're busy, you forget to do that five-second kiss, 10-second kiss, 30-second kiss that is that passion. And usually we do those things when we feel a certain way. But instead to say, I'm going to do that behavior and then, wow, the feeling will follow. Well, and, and it's important, yeah, I think. husbands love that. Well, it's important for husbands to realize, too. They've got to show that kind of innocent intimacy. Yes. The, you know, that the it sweetness. doesn't have to lead to right. something. Are you guilty of that, John? Never. I don't know. You just, that's, I guess, in some ways the way God has wired that's us. Right. So you have to but, put it in your mind. This is just a sweet little romantic interlude that's going to last 30 seconds and then we're going to go on in our day and and then yeah it's a small way for men to be selfless as well Mm -hmm. because that And, you know, and men will say, well, that's nice, but isn't it ever going to lead to that other thing? (laughs) That is, you know, one of those keys in the book. And it does. Well, let's move on to some of the great content you have in your book. Um, You talked about a time when you stopped pursuing James. I think every husband just kind of leaned in right there. (laughs) And I think that happens in every marriage where uh, typically, not always, I know that the data uh, identifies a large portion of women, maybe 30, 40 percent of women that are typically... Uh, physically initiating. Um, But you have said that uh, there's a point usually where wives stop pursuing their husbands. And we all know that happens. Talk about that. Yeah. And you know, I don't think it's a fixed point necessarily. It's something that you might be doing really well, and then you get sidetracked for a little bit, and then you realize, wait a minute, I've got to think about this more proactively. Because we tend to think of our husbands, you know, they're capable They can take care of themselves, not like the children in our homes who cannot take care of themselves yet. And so we put them on the back burner. But the problem is then they stay on the back burner for so many years, and then it's so difficult to bring them into the foreground. So, you know, when your children are young, they're two years old or younger. Yes, you know, life kind of orbits around that child. But when your children grow up, it has to click and it has to change that you start orbiting around your husband again and that the children start taking care of themselves. And I think that's a huge thing for women today that their children are right there, they're louder, they're needier, and they forget about their husbands. For James and I, we've always been very happy, content in that sense, but you, the romance, it waxes and wanes, mm-hmm. and you have to be much more proactive in that. We were teaching a young married's class probably five, six years ago, and I, we were noticing all the couples were just smashed next to each other. You know, there's no space between them. When the woman answers, the husband's like, oh, isn't she so smart? You know, they have this longing gaze, and James James and I were the teachers, and we're like four feet away from each other. <laughs> you know, and, we thought and good like, with it, probably. Yeah, and good with it, and that there's nothing wrong with that. And we both left that encounter like, wow, maybe we have become too mm. businesslike in our relationship, and we're too much like roommates. And he always laughs. He likes this book, obviously, 31 Days to a Happy Husband. And he'll say, whenever I talk about it, he's like, I like that because it makes you more affectionate towards me because it's on my mind. Mm. But you're not talking, um, and I don't want to give that impression when we talk yeah. about a time when you're stop pursuing and all that. It's not just 
physical intimacy. Right. We're it's talking interest about in the other yeah, person, consideration of them, approach. putting on lipstick before they come home because you think my husband's coming home and not like, you know, you put on lipstick for your girlfriends, but you would never dress up for your husband, you know, things like that. Well, you're, you're probably stepping on some toes right yeah, there. Sorry. All right, Greg. So Arlene mentioned how she encourages wives to do that five to 30 second uh, kiss with their husbands to keep their romance alive. What are some other simple things? I mean, I think most guys would say, bring it on. What are some other simple things, though, that husbands can do to keep the romance going when things are busy? Yeah, I think one of the best pieces of advice that I ever got around this, so how to keep romance alive, is to really understand that romance isn't about the stuff. Like, it's not about necessarily. I mean, there's probably some it's women who would argue with me, but I'm telling you, it's it's not really about the cards and the gifts and the candlelit dinners and all that. Kind of ro- I like <laughs> yeah. that stuff, especially <laughs> yeah. the gifts. <laughs> well, so here, let me, let me debate this with you then. Okay, so you could take two people who really are kind of bored with each other, who are super disconnected, who are interested in everything else, but one another, put them in the most romantic setting on earth, I guarantee you nothing's happening. Because it's really, I would argue that, that, that romance, true romance begins with um, really more of an attitude of, of interest that, that I'm curious about Aaron, that I'm fascinated in who she is. Because you can take two people who are really truly interested in each other and put them wherever even the most boring situation, a parking lot <laughs> on a cold, dreary night, and sparks will be flying because the, all, all the cards and the gifts and all the stuff that you said you like, that's true. It, it will enhance romance. It, it's its not the key. And, and, and what's good about that for me is it's kept me motivated to continue to pursue Aaron, to pursue you, around your heart, around um, what's really going on. The more that I pursue to, to really get to know you and as you change and really keep current and understand who you are now, that, that keeps me curious and that helps to keep then the romance alive and then you can enhance it. Yeah. I mean, if, if I'm curious about Aaron and I bring home a cool card and a, and a little gift. Well, now I've I've doubled down. I mean, yeah. that, that's huge. <laughs> that's awesome. That's really going to win her heart. But none of that stuff that we see on Hallmark movies will matter if you really don't keep interested yeah, it's and an fascinated empty ge- and curious. Empty gesture. Totally. Yeah. And, and we've done this before, but go ahead and give just a couple of um, good questions or or approaches husbands can take in keeping that fascination going with their spouse? Yeah, I would, I would ask your spouse. So ask your wife, like, what, what could I ask you on a regular basis that, that would be meaningful to you? I asked Aaron that. I wasn't sure what she was going to say. And right off the bat, she said, when you ask me how I'm feeling, just how am I doing emotionally? She goes, whoa, that, that, like, that's a home run. Like I I could talk all day. Hmm. On that, and and I've learned that that's exactly right. And there are times that she'll come to me, right, Aaron. You'll come to me and say, "Man, we're just really disconnected." It's because me, I've been maybe serving her, like making the bed or keeping the kitchen clean, and so she's going. And yet I feel disconnected, and I'm going, "How? How could you possibly feel disconnected? Look at all the stuff I'm doing." And yet it boils down to that if I do all that stuff and miss her heart, miss pursuing 
really what's going on inside of her, it, she probably is mm. not going to feel connected. Yeah. So I would just ask your wife, like, what, 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 what could I ask you that, that would help us keep connected? And, and, and again, if I'm rolling the dice, most women are going to answer that somehow around, right? Mm-hmm. Somehow around emotions, like, like pursue my heart. Yeah. Yes. And, and I would say the majority of couples that I work with, the, the wife is going to say, I don't want to connect brain to brain. I want to connect heart to heart. It was interesting this weekend, Greg brought several questions. We were traveling. He brought several questions with him. One was, where would I get you a gift card for? If I had $40, where would you want that gift card? Or the other one was, how are things going with your friends? What? Yeah. Where are you at? Do you feel connected? Do you feel pursued? And it was just, again, him pursuing my heart. And so it doesn't have to be the same four questions. Those are good. You can start there, but then be creative and add questions to that. Yeah, I had a situation where I, I realized, um, unfortunately, that I had discounted a lot of what Dina was telling me about her friends in her Bible study. She'd come home and I'm like, well, why should I'm thinking, I'm not saying, why should I care about, I mean, right. it's just a bunch of extra drama. I don't need more drama in my life. <laughs> you get enough from yeah. us. Yeah. And, and, and she caught that. She caught that attitude of why should I care? And she, she called me on it and said, honey, you don't understand. Those are important people. These women are really important to me. And so I'm stepping into mm-hmm. their lives. Yeah. We're, we're, we're helping each other carry these burdens. Yeah. And this applies to younger moms. You need to have an outlet. So husbands, get get an outlet for your wife to plug in with other young moms and then care about how your wife uh, reaches out to and cares for them. And that will do something. So hmm. let, let's do this. Why don't we put a link in the show notes to like hundreds of questions that Aaron and I have written that we have on available at focusonthefamily.com, but we'll put those in the show notes. I think that's a great idea. Uh, John, our producer, is nodding. He's giving me the thumbs up on that. And uh, when you go to the show notes for those 100 starter questions or more, maybe more than 100, um, there it's a great list. Uh, Greg has printed it off. He also has a copy on his phone. Do the same, guys. And then, uh, wives, this book is for you, 31 Days to a Happy Husband. It, uh, Guys, you can read it, but... Uh, Arlene Pellicane wrote it specifically for wives, and uh, we're making that available to you. It's our gift when you join the support team here at Focus on the Family. Make a donation of any amount to Focus today, and we'll send 31 days to a happy husband to you. Um, Again, details for the book and the starter questions are in the show notes. And again, uh, Arlene's back next time talking about the importance of having fun together as a couple. For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron and the entire team, Thanks for joining us for the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.